This morning's scripture reading is the arrival of the wise men in the promised land and the events that surround their arrival and their meeting of the Christ child. These magis meet two kings on their way to see Jesus, or maybe when they see Jesus, he's the second king they meet. They meet Herod, of course, which is a harbinger of of bad news or a story about bad news. And then they meet Jesus, which is the story of, of good news. Today we meet these two kings with the wise men. And in the meetings we find good news and bad news, both that happened and I think that still happens for us and through us. And we'll get to that. But first we begin with the reading of the Gospel from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They were asking, Who is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For for from you shall come a ruler who is to, my, to shepherd my people Israel. Now then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go diligently and search for the child. And when you've found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. I'm going to tell a little story that I don't know if it's actually really happened, but, but it's true. A couple of Methodist preachers were talking, and one of them was a little bit, you know, he thought he knew his stuff. So he told the other, you know, uh, do you know how to tell uh, where another preacher went to seminary? And the guy says, no. He says, well, if they're really good at pastoral care, they went to Emory University Seminary. And if they really just want to get a PhD, they go to Boston University. And they study up there. 
Now, if they're kind of scholarly, but also, you know, kind of on the liberal side, those are the ones who went to Princeton. And if they're, you know, real devotional and and, and kind of evangelical, those are the ones who went to Asbury. The, The one pauses and says, well... Well, you know, how do you know if they went to Duke? They said, oh, they're the easiest of all. They'll let you know. (laughs) It's kind of true. Whether it happened that way or not, it is is true. What's funny about that story, though, is, is it does, in a way, get to who we are. And what's inside of us and, and, and what makes us who we are. And, and when I initially thought about this sermon title many weeks ago, I was just thinking about the characters and the story and about the wise men and how they received good news from one interaction with a king and bad news from another interaction with another king. But the longer we sit with this story, I think the more I realize that this is not just a history lesson but it's also a story, these wise men, they, they are a story that tell us about ourselves also. About who we are, about how we will journey. And how we might devote ourselves to Jesus and the good news. Or if for some other way, for some other reason, or, or, or maybe even not, even not realizing it, but through, through fear turn to our own agenda, our own wants, and our own needs, and find more of the bad news that Herod found. I think that this passage is, is about more than just the history lesson that's here. And I hope we can hear that together. Now, on Epiphany Sunday, the, the definition of Epiphany has, has in, one, in some ways been told by Robert already in the children's sermon. But if you type Epiphany into your Google machine, it will tell you that Epiphany is the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi in Matthew chapter 2, or the festival commemorating the Epiphany on January 6th, which is today. There's another definition that we'll get to later when we talk about Herod. But this is what happens today. The three kings who we've traditionally called Melchior, Caspar, and Balthazar show up and meet Jesus. These three magi bring gifts fitting for a king and fulfill the Old Testament prophecy that all the kings of earth would bow down to him. These were the things the people had been looking for. These were the signs that the good news had had come. The Magi present their gifts. They finish their mission. They celebrate with the good news. And all of the people celebrate with them, even still today, because we see that this is the Savior we've longed for. So this is the good news of the story. Gifts are presented. Missions are accomplished. The the faithful see what it is they need to see. And the arrival is a sign that all the kings of the earth will bow down to this one king. This is the good news. 
Of course, the good news gets pushed beyond just this event. The people know this is good news because Jesus would go on to engage in a ministry that helps the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the blind to see. He fulfilled all those prophecies we read at the beginning of December about ruling with justice and fairness and righteousness. And he would free all of his people from sin and oppression, especially the spiritual kind. Maybe not always the political kind, but the spiritual kind. And the events that that Jesus participated in as a rabbi who was wandering around Judea and Samaria those, those days, those places in those days, those events were good news for those people who participated in them. But when we take the good news of, as the Magi's arrival as a symbol for how we can also follow in their footsteps, we can experience the good news as well. You see, Epiphany is and should be and can be twofold. First of all, it's the arrival and the recognition and the celebration of that event. But, but also... It's that we can better experience Jesus as the king if we follow in the footsteps that the wise men took. They were devoted, and they embodied that devotion by coming from afar. They followed God's guidance through a star, and maybe we don't have literal stars, but we certainly have the guidance of the Spirit of God. And when they arrive at Jesus, they open their treasure chests and offer what's best to the king. They do it joyfully because it's such good news. And this can be epiphany for us also. We can, we can learn and we can emulate and we can embody this good news in this way. Now, Robert reminded us earlier that there is another definition of epiphany. It's the one we use in common language every day. An epiphany is a sudden realization or insight. It's an aha moment or a eureka moment. I don't, I don't think we would typically call what Herod finds an epiphany, but Herod had an epiphany. It just wasn't a eureka moment. It was a uh, oh, oh my, my goodness moment. There's another king on the scene. The Magi showed up and they asked, where is the child who's to be born as the king of the Jews? And Herod says, another king? I'm not into this. He secretly calls the wise men back. And, and look, if, if there were like a background noise to this, Like Herod would be the villain with the ominous music and the evil laugh. After you've paid him homage, (laughs) come let me know and I'll go pay him homage. I don't know if I'm a good villain or not, but just translate that in your head how you need to. At some point between when the wise men asked their question and Herod learned about this king who had been born, he has the epiphany that there is someone coming to take my corner. At least he thinks. And he didn't know. He had to ask about the king. 
But he interpreted a new king as a threat to his power, his control, his reign. And so he turned to fear because he was afraid that someone was going to mess his plans, his status, his agenda, and his role. He was afraid God was going to mess his things up. I could talk to you about how bad a guy Herod was. But we know that when he... Well, he didn't want to pay homage because we've turned the page and seen that instead of paying homage, he wiped out a generation of children to try to keep his status. Herod was driven by the idea that, that, that the only way for him to live and reign was to control everything and that life was a zero-sum game with only winners and only losers. And he was determined to stay on the top of the heap as a winner and did everything he wanted to ruthlessly to keep anything other than what he wanted to happen. His baseless fear tapped into his penchant for wrath and it wrecked the lives of countless people under his rule. And it was not good news for anyone. And we're not like Herod, I don't think, but sometimes, sometimes we slip into those traps. I've said already that, that it's, it's, it's easy to consider just the history lesson of Epiphany Sunday and just the events that happened. But, but I think this story is, is more than just what happened. Because it invites us to choose who we are and, and how, how we're going to be. Are we going to be like the king or like the wise men who follow a particular king? Or are we going to attempt to take control of things in ways like Herod did and risk imposing wrath? Or maybe something a whole lot less than wrath, but something that still is not good. Jesus, the king, evokes good, even though it's demanding. Think about these magi who came from a long way off. I mean, maybe they were kings and they had nothing else to do. But from a long way off they come, following a star and an ancient prophecy to give gifts to a child who would be king. They are a picture of physical and practical devotion because they sacrificed on their journey to, to follow and to meet and to engage with Jesus. Herod hears news about a king and he flips out. He imposes wrath on others, doesn't listen to God or, or the wise advisors around him. He did anything he wanted and he didn't care about the costs. In the end, the Magi reach Jesus and they celebrate, devoting themselves to this meeting, giving whatever they have. Nothing gets in the way of their allegiance and their mission, and their call, and that thing that's guiding them. And they think nothing of giving up materially to the one who would be king. Because it was such good news, they were happy to. But Herod never quits keeping score. Herod's always having to watch his back. 
turns away from the things that could have called him out of his self-centered, closed-mindedness. His, his acts of defiance were the opposite of faithful, devoted, generous, uh, sacrificially offering anything at Jesus' feet. I don't think it's hard to answer the question, which one do we want to be today? Which, which news do we want to participate in? Who do we want to, whose footsteps do we want to follow in? I think we all want to be like the wise men. I think we all want to be children of the light who experience the love of Jesus. But, but, but sometimes it's, it's okay to admit that that we're too quick to fear. We're too quick to conserve. We're too quick to reign in control that keeps us where we want ourselves to be. And maybe that pre- prevents us... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Everybody woke up now, right? Maybe the fact that we try to reign in control sometimes keeps us from being the devoted, generous, faithful disciples that follow in the footsteps of the Magi who traveled from afar to give valuable gifts to a child. You see, none of us are trying to hold together a a political kingship, I I don't think. Yeah, we've got some commissioners here, but... But they're not acting like that. But we are trying to, sometimes, maintain control over the kingship of our own domains, our own lives. And sometimes we put everything we can ahead of what it is God might be calling us to. We overmanage our time and only engage in worship and discipleship when there is a little extra time. We conserve our resources, and only if there is a little extra, do we drop something in the plate. Oh, we don't, we don't act with the extreme might and wrath of Herod, but, but it doesn't take attacking a generation to deny the good news and negatively impact the spiritual lives of ourselves and those around us. And our neglect then turns us away from the king and it becomes bad news for our relationship with God. Herod's problem was one that we'll have to reckon with, which is how focused will we be on our agenda and our needs and will we let our own focus on ourselves undercut the possibilities of where God wants to take us in our relationship with him? The Magi are a picture of what devotion can look like, of following faithfully, of having long, a long obedience in the same direction and giving all they can when they find the king. And the story then puts us in the position to ask ourselves, who is it that we want to be and how is it do we take the next step to get us closer to being there? I was thinking about people and their makeup and, and how we just kind of know. Oh, that's, that's how they are. And in the world of sports, the Philly, Philadelphia fan 
gets an interesting rap. Oh, yeah, you know, they're a Philly fan. And last year, a bunch of men from the church went to watch a Hurricanes game, and we played the Philadelphia Flyers. I can't remember who won the game, but I remember on the way out that the Flyers fans were really excited that the Eagles had won the Super Bowl two weeks before. That was a football game somewhere else. And the Philly fans in their Flyers jerseys were hollering, Go Eagles! Philly fan was Philly fan. It was, it was who they were. Philly fan defined how it was they were going to act. And maybe you could say that about Duke fan or Carolina fan or State fan or Wake fan or Pirate fan, Panthers fan. But the reality is when it comes to, to Epiphany Sunday, there are paths that we can take that help us define who we are. One way is the way of the wise men who followed faithfully that star and walked a long way and opened themselves up to everything. And the other way is the way of Herod, whose, whose fear, whose anxiety, whose desire to stay in control of everything for himself led to a ruthless response. A response that we never make nearly as big or as ruthlessly, but in little ways each day can make a decision about which path we're walking, how much light we're a child of. And so today there's two kings. There's two ways of receiving epiphanies. And the question we face is, face is which which epiphany will we choose? The one that causes us fear or the one that brings us good news? I think we all want to answer the question that we want to be children of the light like Jesus. And so I pray that God would help us all to walk the path of the Magi today. And that is the good news. Will you pray with me? Eternal and loving God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is in our lives before we even recognize it. Lord, many around him didn't recognize that he was the king who had already been born. But through the gifts of the Magi today, we see that there is a way to devotion and love that we can follow that helps us to celebrate the good news that is you. Lord, forgive us for when we follow in Herod's path. We all have. We all will again. But help us to be children of the light, children of your love, children devoted to you, and children who experience and evoke the good news of your love in this world. Help us today, Lord, as we make that choice, as we follow in in their footsteps, to see you more clearly. It's in your name we pray these things today. Amen.